You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hey, this is Andy Grant coming to you with a bonus live episode. We'll call it our Halloween special of Real Men Feel. Uh, we're going to talk about the Joker, or actually, Joker. There's no the in the movie title, yeah, right? No the. Yeah, just okay. Joker. Just yeah. Joker. And uh, it's not really a horror movie, but, you know, it's as close as we get. This is Halloween week. People might be dressing as the Joker. I'm sure that happens right. all the time. Right. Exactly. And some people might think it's a scary movie, but we'll get into that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, how, how so, afraid how afraid people were of this movie, right? On that yeah, event. and that's I wanted to, you know, so this oh, this opened, it premiered at the Venice Film Festival in September, had a lot of hype, lot, it, I think it won Best Film of the, of the Show. As it got mm-hmm. closer to a public release, it started to be a backlash, a concern. I heard all this. Um, someone actually tagged me on, on LinkedIn days before it opened saying, um, actually, I got it here. What does this movie, is this trigger discussion around the portrayal of mental illness? Does the Joker show mental illness with fairness? Does it feed into the apathy we feel when stigmatized? And I responded that anyone looking to a comic book movie for accurate, accurate portrayal of anything is making a mistake. I mean, yes. let alone mental illness, which is a pretty serious subject. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, you know, comic book movies, you know, why would you be looking at as a, some sort of reflection on your reality? It's not a, doesn't claim to be a, documentary this isn't the news um so that that's what i before ever seeing anything about it and then as it approached i I saw it an opening weekend back on i saw it october saturday october 5th i believe it opened you know midnight movies that on october 3rd Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of um overblown fear of violence at the theater for opening weekend um and it seemed it was all based on false rumors going back to the shooting in aurora colorado back in 2012 um that shooter, the rumor was that he was dressed as the Joker and identified as the Joker and went to see, you know, shoot people up at a Batman movie. But mm-hmm. it just happened that that was the premiere of The Dark Knight Rises. And this guy was just looking for the biggest crowd. Right. So and, and then it just became urban legend taking it beyond that. So but that fear uh, was rampant, even in my little town that I live in is so little. It's called Littleton. Right, little town. That's I, you know, it's cow pastures, and we finally have a movie theater. And there was a cop. There was a cop car, lights on, parked in front of the parking, uh, parked in front of the theater. In the theater, a policeman was stationed all weekend long because the Joker was opening, oh, and wow. it just it seemed ridiculous. I'd never seen that here. Um, wow, I've never even. Jeez, I've never seen cops in movie theaters outside of Boston in in my experience. Yeah, but but anyway, so I saw it. Um, I, I, boy, it was weird. I liked it until I didn't like it. And, and by not liking it, it just they came a point where, wow, it, I was, I, w- I went from entertained to disturbed. Yeah. But, but, but Anthony, Anthony Simeone is joining me to talk about this. And this was, this was his suggestion. You recently wrote a piece about it. So I know you've kind of, you've looked into it more. You've researched it. You've thought more about it. So I'm going to really let you lead where, where, what you want to talk about in regards to this film. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I've been, I've been asking myself if I've done as much thinking about it, or maybe, you know, I wrote this piece about it for the Good Men Project. And I think, you know, part of the writing of that was a little knee jerk. And, you know, I'm 
still processing the movie. I think, like you, I was disturbed after a while. It seemed just, and listen, I'm not a prude. I like violence in movies, I guess, as much as the next red-blooded American male. I don't know. But, I mean, in that way, I think I'm pretty stereotypical. I like action. I like explosions, you know. I, I, I know that there's better, higher art beyond that. Not that the Joker had explosion or anything, but there was a brutality to it eventually and a gratuitous violence about it and just like that. That was, yeah, like, I'm like, okay, what are we getting at here, you know? And maybe I was feeling like that, and I don't know if you were feeling like that, too. Maybe it was just like, okay, you were still trying to process what the movie might have been saying about mental illness, if anything. You know, you were still processing what it may have said about mental illness, and then you're seeing this guy commit these acts of killing other people brutally. And you're like, okay, is he supposed to be mentally ill and going crazy killing people? And I'm like... So part of me, I think, you know, having dealt with my own mental illness issues, anytime I see even a whiff or an inkling of someone treating mental illness as a scapegoat for violence in a film, if, even if I catch a whiff of it, I'm like, okay, no, this guy's not mentally ill. He's got other issues. And, you know, and I think, yes, the public hysteria, I mean, it's, you know, there's always been mass hysteria with the public and with, especially with film and you know, going even back before films like Orson Welles and like the War of the Worlds broadcast, you know, so always these panics or whatever about popular culture that eventually that always crop up. But now it's even more dire with like, you know, mass shootings. And but, you know, I think it was kind of irresponsible of the media to tag this to incels and to pick up on that thing. That it, go, so I, I missed I missed that. I didn't go search for that. You mentioned that, and I, I wasn't seeing that kind of in my daily news feed. So yeah. can you expand on that? I mean, it was a few weeks ago. It was towards the – when it was started, you know, it was towards the time when it was beginning, like the movie was about to come out, and it was – they were saying – okay, well, you know, can this movie, I think they just picked up this story. I don't know who originally started it, but it's like, oh, will this inspire incels? Will it inspire these lonely men, you know, to go out and go kill people and shoot up movie theaters? And I'm like, well, right there, you know, it's a question of what is driving incels? And the media is not really addressing what's driving incels to go to these, to their behavior and to, to be involuntarily celibate. So, and again, to me, that's a social problem. That's a failure of our system and of our of, of people to be taught, like men to be are not taught to talk to each other. And we need male companionship. We need human companionship. And people are just not being taught that skill. And they're picking up these bad beliefs. Like, okay, I guess I'm an involuntary celibate. Someone came up with that and it spread online. And but yeah, they were connecting it. The news just kind of picked that up and for sensationalism's sake, as far as I'm concerned, and ran with that saying, Oh, our incels gonna be shooting up movie theaters, and that's why there was a cop at your little town movie theater because it had been picked up and, you know, they, it was all over the place and the cops were at least being told to be on alert. So yeah, that was just another thing. So I think that just muddies the water even more of what's, you know, what's our society doing whenever, you know, with it in terms of what we're doing with mental illness and with men's issues yeah. and how we approach them with panic, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Sorry. Right, Cause I, I didn't know if that, I didn't know if they were saying the Joker was an incel. Like, so it was just like, it, like, is this movie powerful enough to trigger everybody that's on the edge to do something bad, it seems, then? Was that I, I, the general incels fear? Are like the, yeah, incels are the hot topic as far as, like, um, you know, bad men, I guess, yeah. are concerned. That, you know, and they're the, they're the bad man, du, men du jour, I guess. Yeah. And, 
you know, I guess he's an isolated figure and a, a unstable figure emotionally. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that was the connection. I don't know, but yeah. it was just irresponsible. I think. So, so once I was at, in the theater and really just the first five minutes, I realized, wow, this is not a quote unquote comic book movie. This mm-hmm. is down to earth and gritty, more grounded in the real world. And it seemed like, you know, late seventies, New York city vibe. And it really felt like, the Todd Phillips was, you know, recreating, re- almost reshooting famous Martin Scorsese films, but now the Joker was the lead. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I've been reading up on, you know, much more astute. I'm not a film critic by any stretch of the imagination, and I, it's been a long time. I've never seen The King of Comedy, first of all, and I, but I saw Taxi Driver. I haven't seen Taxi Driver in like decades, so I don't know about you. How recently have you seen those movies? Yeah, Taxi Driver, yeah, within the last 10 years, and I saw King of Comedy when it came out, when it was released first, which I don't remember when that was. Really? Early yeah. 90s? Yeah, that was a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, so I but, mean, yes. Yeah, it, and, it, and De Niro being in it seemed like this inside joke, too. Like, wow, like, it's almost like the blessing of that idea was there. But anyway, that, yeah. that's when it hit me like, oh, this was the fear, because it is so realistic. That was the fear, is this stigmatizing mental illness, but... Um, I, you know, the movie sets it up. I believe I took that. Yeah, he's he's mentally ill. He's he was going places, and then his like his aid gets cut off. He's seeing like his social worker, and was there. She's saying we have no more money. There's nothing. So like he really fell through the cracks, mm-hmm. and that's what I thought was was different. This was a, a so it's a man who knows something's wrong with him, and he's mm-hmm. trying to get help, and he doesn't get it, and things get worse. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, I know that it seemed like you when we were kind of discussing the movie just online. It seemed like you disagree with me. So is that the major point of you think he does? He is intended in the movie to have a mental illness, but it's what really sets him off is the isolation and the lack of support from the system and other people and the disdain of other people. Am I am I reading that right? Yeah, I mean, I again, it's been it's been weeks since I saw it, but I thought at one point he's like he, he says. I like killing. Get like I feel like the only thing that made him feel was right. taking the lives of something. So yeah. as he discovered that, um, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to diagnose him, but I, I, yeah, I, you know, I believed that, yeah, yeah, and again, lots of childhood trauma and issues are shown. So, um, you know, so then, it wasn't, it wasn't just, yeah, I'm, I'm just a crazy guy I like killing. Like you, you see his decline into yeah. just. Like his first first time he kills him was is it's self defense, yeah, right. At least yeah. it felt that, that the subway is kind of set up. You know he's feeling um, persecuted. He's under attack. Yeah, um, absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I I did read an article that where Joaquin Phoenix was referenced as saying he didn't want the Joker to be diagnosed with anything specifically. So towards the beginning of the movie, he says, "I'm taking." It was like a ridiculous number of pills a day. It was like seven pills a day or something. Yeah. Or so he's being treated like he's mentally ill. Right. So, but yeah. the, it was never made plain that he had a condition. So someone could be medicated potentially and just be really depressed and socially isolated and just, you know, and they could be, be misdiagnosed. They could just be diagnosed pills to say just to placate someone and just to, you know, deal with them, you know, right. I, so. Oh, or what if it's, what if it's the side effects of the medication that makes him kill? How about that? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so with what, so that's the thing. It's, you're right. It's, it could be that it could be any number of factors. And I think that was maybe 
I don't know if we're giving them more subtlety and Todd Phillips more subtlety than he should be getting, but you know, the fact that they didn't really diagnose him and he was adopted. So his mother was diagnosed with mental illness. I think at one point when he was going yeah, to get his disclosed. records, yep, yep, that's disclosed, but then, but he's adopted. Right. So, and it's still left up in the air whether or not Thomas Wayne's his father. Right. Right. You know, so, and, and you, you talked about it in your, in your article, but it's also apparent if you pay attention to the movie and I'm actually looking forward to see it again because of what I've read since about the, the unreliable narrator notion. And, you know, certainly some things that happen in the movie, you, you, you realize, you know, I, soon, as soon as he was dating the girl, I'm like, no, this is bullshit. I don't buy this at all. Yeah, um, yeah, and then yeah. more scenes come that they all did just happen to say, so, and I, and fight club is one of my favorite freaking movies. So it's like, Oh, I'm like, it's like fight club. The, the Joker and Tyler Durden are like the same freaking person in someone else's mind. <laughs> right. um, so I like that. That's when I was still enjoying it. And uh, like, and it's, and it's cause it's weird. We're talking about the violence. There's not a lot of violence. But when it kicks in, it's, right. yeah, it's like, to me, it was like overkill. Each, each violent episode was longer than it needed to be to, yes. uh, to get the point across. Unless the point was, I, you know, Todd Phillips wants to disturb the viewers. And, you know, so when, when a film gets an, an emotional reaction from me, I call that a good movie, whether I like the feeling or not. Um, so yeah. like a horror film that scares me, oh, and I can't sleep, and, or something that disturbs me and gives me, you know, I really left that theater with just the willies. I'm like, oh, I want to wipe this movie kind of off me now. And yeah, and then yeah. I, and, and and I give it credit even, for that. You know? And to get even more meta, I mean, is is does the movie say something? Because you said earlier, you know, he doesn't really. He's saying he didn't really feel anything until he did something brutal. And is it almost desensitized a comment on the desensitization of us in a, in society by like, oh my god, if a movie makes me feel something, it doesn't matter what it makes me feel because I feel mm-hmm. the same way as you. Yeah. If if it wants a, a movie can disturb me, at least I'm feeling something, you know. Yeah. And if it does, that that means it must be a good movie. Yeah. So what and does I was, that say about us? I don't know. And I was but, trying to like, if I saw this at age like 16 or 17, would I think it was like one of the best movies ever? And I and I could not really recall with honesty how I felt the first time I saw Taxi Driver or Clockwork Orange or other like ultra violent things. Did I like? Yeah. Was I shocked as a kid, but liked being shocked? Was you know? Was I? Did I feel uncomfortable? I I just don't remember. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question too because you know you watch movies like and then there's movies that one of my favorite movies is Starship Troopers oh, and yeah. a lot of people don't get that that's satire like yeah. that's making fun of you know fascist governments and you know but there's people out there that were like oh this is awesome Starship Troopers it's great kill them all and I'm like you missed the point <laughs> you know so but it's same thing with any of these movies like you know Fight Club I, I saw it in the theaters when I was you know in 1999 I think it came out and I was like oh my god this is like really deep man, and it says something about society but then as you get older you're like oh man what is it saying about it really doesn't shine a great light on like that tough guy you know what we today call toxic masculinity you know or like you know the masculinity that is you know full of like bad ideas and like isolate makes people self men self-isolate and things like that so i still feel like fight club has value but it's like yeah when you get older does like your opinions change and then like what is as society evolves like what are those movies that we liked you know and yeah, yeah i totally think that we probably like those movies like clockwork orange when i was a kid i was like oh yeah but then when he gets his come up it's i guess we're spoiling a lot of movies here <laughs> so everybody yeah, they're all like 30 years old i think it's I know, okay <laughs> right? it's your fault if you haven't watched them yet right but it's like you know but when you see like once he gets his treatment you know uh malcolm mcdowell's character right and once he gets his treatment i 
I remember I feel like not knowing how to feel about that. Like, oh shit. Like, you know, it did become like a cautionary tale. Not that I was into the violence they were doing. I'm like, oh man, these guys are messed up. So, you know, yeah, I know it's, it, so yeah, Joker's bringing up all the feels and the thoughts, you know, I mean, for real, but I mean, to get back to the Joker, there's one other thing. See, I do consider him the, uh, an unreliable narrator because you don't have to have a mental illness to have a crazy imagination, especially one that's fueled by sadness and despair. And, you, you know, he's going on these fights of fancy and he's like going and getting the girl. And like, you know, that could just be fueled by, it doesn't have to be schizophrenia or any kind of bipolar mania. Like it could just be him being so desperate. Like I wrote in my article, so desperate for some joy that the only thing he has is his, this imagination and his inner life. Yeah. And so, so I, I really took, I took those more than, I took those as hallucinations, hallucinations. Like yeah. when, when he finally does end up in the girl's apartment and she's like, what the hell? You're actually the crazy guy down the stairs, you know, the hallway. What are you doing here? Uh, like he's shocked. He's like, no, we've been dating. Right. Like I don't, you know, they, they, they weren't just flights of fancy to me, mm. but again, that that's the beauty of this, you know, you, how's it hit each person then right so then is it a good movie because you and i are interpreting it in different ways so maybe it's a good movie you know so that's the thing i'm still trying to figure out but and yeah i don't know again yes i feel the same way i'm conflicted because you know it's so brutal i don't want to like it in a lot of ways and you know and if it was as ham-fisted as i thought it was with like not getting across that the see and again it, it might be my wishful thinking that okay since i've had my own issues with mental health i don't want this movie to be giving that impression to society again and reinforcing the stigma so and i'm hoping it's not but yeah and and again i didn't leave thinking that and w- without the the controversy for for seeing this i would not have thought about mental illness at all watching it or since it yeah you know it was just i, I what i thought was amazing and and you can debate whether it worked or not, but at least certainly the attempt was there to empathize. You, you, you're supposed to feel for Arthur, like, oh, he's, things are not going his way. He doesn't have many friends. Well, he's, he's kind of he's an oddball, but, you know, he doesn't mean anybody in the arm. He's trying. And right. you just see him fall through the cracks and yeah. get worse and worse and worse. Um, yeah, and, I, I and, agree. and covering the abuse and all, all that. And so, yeah, it, it's... And and he, he does, he's sentenced to a mental hospital at various times in his life. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, and let's see, his whole laughing condition when yes. he first, so when he explains that, I was like, no, I don't b- believe that at all. Really? And I don't know if I'm, yeah, but, but in the film, I'm like, no, that's, he's lying. He's, he's just making that up. <laughs> but it's also because I had never heard of that as a real thing. Yeah, um, so I don't know I, if that's part of it. Yeah, that was a condition, uh, you know, and actually I heard of that condition from a TV commercial <laughs> and I'm like about the medication for it, you oh know, or treatment for it. It was, it's pseudobulbar affect where, and that's a real condition. And I, and that, I don't know, maybe people with um, traumatic brain injuries get it oh. or people can be born with it or you could develop it with, I don't, I don't know, over time as you age. Uh, I, you know, I haven't done as much research into like the, the origins of that condition or how it can come to, but maybe he, maybe Arthur had a, had yeah. some brain damage from you his know, see, I, I thought he made those cards up himself. Like he's just like, I'm nuts. And sometimes I do nutty things. So I'm going to make up this thing. And here, if I've really offended you and you're about to beat me up, I give you this card. Interesting. So That's you thought he, that. that was totally like, okay, interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't, I was like, oh, he's got that condition, like in that commercial. So yeah. it's like, all right. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a condition 
and where people, yeah, have can't control it, and it mm. doesn't again doesn't necessarily have to be like a mental illness or you know. Right. So the wildest thing I read about was that. Uh, so his incontrollable laugh that he does throughout the film is it, then he laughs at the end. At the end of the movie, uh, the movie really ends with him walking down the hall and he has he loves bloody, bloody footprints. So you're left to think that oh he just killed that last person he was talking to in the mm-hmm. hospital, right? But uh, what, yeah, what's she asked? What's so funny? And he's like, you wouldn't get it. And so somebody said, that's the clue that everything you just saw was all made up and in his head in that moment. And he was never doing any of those things. Oh, no. I hate that. I love ambiguous endings that you can do that. Oh, well, so because there's a flash, you, early on, yeah. there's a flash of him in, banging his head against, against a hospital. And you right. assume it was in the past. But what it was it, oh. that future. So that's the whole part that could have been, you could look at it again, that that, None of that happened. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. I. Okay. That's and the good. story. I didn't and even the, think of that. I, and that's again, get, get to see it again. So that laugh he has in that final interview in that last scene of the movie is right. somehow it's a different laugh, and that's his first. That was him finding this funny. That was his laugh, and it's different than all the, the other ones. And again, I did not catch that, so I can't comment to the validity of that. But so that's his first laugh in the real world as the Joker, but all the other ones are in his head. So. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? Throughout the early parts of the movie, I felt like the laugh was very affected, though. Like, so when I'm like, okay, is 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 Joaquin Phoenix just going really over the top with it? Because yeah. I'm like, I, it sounded unnatural sometimes, but I guess that's supposed to be the condition. So, yeah, but okay, that's interesting that it could all, even though I hate, like, it was all an imaginary or all the dream endings. Mm-hmm. I, I, in this context, it might not be so bad of a... Right, because if it's all just played straight, it isn't like what's the point of this yeah we just see a poor guy get worse and like what's the point but oh wow if this all was hallucination fantasy daydream of someone who's been committed to a mental hospital or the criminally insane or whatever it might be but right yeah so that and or it's great marketing because that made me want to see it again (laughs) (laughs) again is it a good movie good marketing good hype i mean because we want to see it again and it's making raking in tons of tons of right it is officially yeah it is it is the most profitable or i don't know i should say profit it is taken in the most money as an r-rated film Yeah. yeah yeah I, I thought Joaquin's Phoenix, his speaking of his performance, when he was on that show, when he was on the show, at, at the end, at the end, when seemingly on, really there, yeah. yes, yeah. when he's supposedly on that show with that guy who played by Robert De Niro, his idol, who made fun of him, and he's you know totally pissed off at, which I get. Joaquin Phoenix, as he got angrier and angrier, I'm like, oh my god, like he's he's not like, and, and I don't like to use the term nuts, but like. Not nuts, but he's his anger's like this is it. Like he's gonna go nuts, like in like an emotional way, and like shoot someone. He's being pushed over the edge, and his expressions and how he escalated. Like I've seen on people who were disturbed in some sort of either mentally diagnosed way or like emotionally just rage. Like his face as he ramped up and started shouting about how the system like let him slip through the cracks and like this is what happens when you get and then just when he shot De Niro and then everyone started screaming and panicking and the smirk on his face after it happened and like how he was shaking and his leg was shaking like it was that was disturbing like that that it, it was very real like it was in that moment I'm like that was an amazing performance I think that was the best performance moment for me of the movie more so than 
you know, bashing someone's head in in his yeah. apartment. You know, that was like, okay, this is just brutality for its own sake. It seems yeah. like, but that he he had me sold. Like yeah. it was so realistic at that moment. And yeah. when he was when he leading up to the, in the in the moments before shooting De Niro, it was crazy. But yeah, I, because they're really selling you. He's yes. got his plan. Like, oh, he's brought the gun. All right, he's 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 talking about shooting himself. Yes. So you know the the, the setup is getting on the show. And I'm gonna. Um, maybe he's gonna do his routine. I don't know what he's gonna do, but he's, yeah. he's, he's he he wants to die on this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then but yeah, something just, else happens. I know. I know. <laughs> so that was really crazy, and I mean that was disturbing. But at the same time, I was like, he sold it. Like I, I really thought that he was in this bad place. And again, I still think that, you know, like I said in my article, it's you know statistically. You know, mentally ill people are more often the victims of violence, and it's if if they do commit violence, it's usually in correlation with social isolation and mistreatment and stigma that they get and lack of treatment, lack of support, you know, socially, system-wise, that, so it's generally that's why they break bad and they become violent, not because of just illness by itself in a vacuum. You know, the more I'm thinking of this and we're talking about this, the more I'm getting convinced of, of things not happening. Okay. Um, so, so again, isolated, emotionally abused, uh, withdrawn, uh, social misfit. Does he really go do stand-up comedy? Forget that it's good bombs or not. But like, would he dare do that? Like, if this not. is a pretty outgoing, you know, introvert we've got as a character here. Um, and then also yeah. just the fact that the the you know the big nighttime you know fake Tonight Show thing gets the clip and cares and gives it so much time to like fun of that like because even seeing that like yeah this is this i'm not buying this like this wouldn't this wouldn't happen wow you know that's true yeah because i did have an inkling i'm like during the movie i'm like wow how did they get a hold of that like i didn't even think of that yeah it's not a day of cell phones and stuff (laughs) right exactly so what footage was that was that like security camera footage like was that like what was that camcorder like i mean yeah, that's a damn good point, man. I, you know, wow, you're kind of starting to sell me on this. The whole whole thing was just yeah. leading and, us to like, and, oh my God. and and again, this is making me like the movie more because I like I, know, I think about and the la- so it has more layers than you just sit there and go like, well, why did I go on that ride? Oh uh, wait, the ride went sideways. I thought it went up and down. Oh, right. <laughs> right. And see, and this is the thing. It's like I don't want to. I, I also didn't want to like it because what is you know, Todd, so I'm not a huge fan of like his his oeuvre. Todd Phillips of like, you know, you know, his movies, like the, you know, the hangover movies. I really don't like those at all. Oh, so I, like, I love, I love all three. <laughs> the first one was okay. I get it. You know, but if you liked all three, all right. Yeah, so. they cracked me up. I've saw, I, man, <laughs> no talk about, taste. <laughs> how, yeah. I mean, I've seen the original hangover. It's gotta be 10 times. I, I saw that I can, I multiple times in the theater every time it's on, but yeah, even, Second, because I because I took my dad to the first one, he really got a kick out of it. So I think it was like Father's Day each time it came. It was might have been around Father's Day. So two and three were like, hey, let's go to the movies. You know? Okay, all right. So you 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 like absurdity maybe even more than I do. So yeah, like, I pretty like I I like movies. Okay, like, it's gonna be horrible for me to right. really not like something. Right, like the room. <laughs> right, like uh, oh, or do oh, you like oh. the room? I no. There, well, there's room and the room. Okay, which one has uh, what Tommy Wiseau in it? That's yeah, the I, I, room, I never right? get, but I, well, yeah, I think that's the room because Room was with Brie Larson and won Oscars and stuff. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the room with uh, you know. I, so I own that and I never watched it because I always read it was supposed to be with a group, but I saw the the movie about that, which was hilarious. Disaster artist, Franco, yeah. yeah, disaster artist. That was really good. I yeah, know. but yeah, I know this. So it's like I. <sighs> It's like I now I need to watch The Hangover two and three because I never watched it. It's like because I'm like, is there it's just the else? same thing. Like if the first one made you laugh, like they, they just do it again. There's no like groundbreaking anything. But and what else did he direct? So he did those movies and what else? Hot Tub Time Machine? I don't know. Like did he? Is he? I thought he did like all the stupid frat boy movies. But yeah, again, and like I like them, Hot Tub Time Machine. Okay, yeah, okay. See, Hot Tub Time Machine was that was at least the I like yeah. sci-fi. I don't know. That was yeah. At least no, again, it was not a great movie. I wish it it wasn't as funny as I'd hoped. But I am. Uh, yeah. Molly Crew in it. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, everything's better with Molly Crew. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just. Or actually, all right, take that. So, Hot Tub Time Machine had someone attempt suicide, and that really bothered me because they did it for like jokes and laugh, and and that felt more stigmatizing than the Joker ever did to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there we go. So I can find something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's. Uh, yeah. I mean uh, that. So. All right. I mean, all right here we go. As... I got, I've got. I've got everything you did. Road trip. Old school. Oh. God. See, I like old school. Yeah. I like old school. I even like road trip. I even like road trip. That had a lot of twisted sister in it. <laughs> yeah. Road trip. Okay. So. Okay. Starsky and Hutch. I never saw the Starsky and Hutch remake movie. Mm. Maybe I like Todd Phillips. <laughs> Maybe I do like him. Oh, he, he directed Borat. I uh, see. I like Borat, but yeah. I mean, I like really stupid, absurd stuff. Like Borat. I mean, I, I used to love watching the Ali G show. <laughs> like when when he had the Ali G show on, you know, on HBO. Um, but yeah, I like really stupid, ridiculous stuff. Like wow. So Joko's a big change of pace for him then. Yes. There. Yeah. It's all just straight comedies. Hey, good for him, man. Moving on. But I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I just, I just, just thinking about like the men in isolation, it really brought up those things again. Like, you know, and especially with the incel thing, it's like, yeah. you know, the media is like, they're, they're taking it and they should be going like sympathy route, but they're taking it like, Oh, bad people. So it's just like the whole thing with the media and woke brands, like the Gillette thing, like, okay, yes, we should be shining a light on men's issues, but not like oh men are men are potential monsters and the bad guy you know so and i think that's just whipping people up into a frenzy like i wish we could be a little more sensitive you know yeah. to you know yeah, to these like, marginalized men's groups yeah and in the fit like i don't think the lee character does that so much but the the masses putting on joker masks and just right like that that did disturb me mm-hmm. and like really we're just like one clown mask away from anarchy and you know See, that that our men that pained and illiterate emotionally that would would just follow that like that see to me that whole thing with the richer evil thing i feel like bruce wayne is rich thomas wayne and bruce wayne are rich we we need to shoehorn in bruce wayne and his origin story and connect it here so we obviously need people to be upset with the rich and you know that's top you know that's topical people don't like rich people 99 you know the 99 percenters and Versus the 1%, you know, that's topical. So I feel like that was maybe even more ham-fisted. The more ham-fisted part was they're trying to shoehorn in. And honestly, at the end when Arthur is standing on the car and they're, they're, people are idolizing him, but all he wants is their attention. He doesn't want to, be, want to be a leader of a movement. He's being seen. He's being recognized. So it's just incidental that these people 
adopted him, but right. he doesn't care about taking out the rich. And like he says during the interview with De Niro's character, he's not political. You know, he keeps telling people, especially De Niro's character, he's not political. It's just they adopted him just incidentally, you right. know, because they needed a figurehead. So, but I'm like, at the end, we had to get the seeing Thomas Wayne and his wife shot and, you know, the pearls flying. I mean, that was another thing. It was like, how many times do we need to see in these movies of Batman's origin, like the same beats, you know? But, like, but what, just, so what was unique and what I, it's, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker did not kill Thomas Wayne. Right. Okay. So this, this, hmm, this could have been the origin story of the Joker, but he was only seen in that scene. Whereas Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was just this other guy running amok in Gotham City. He's not, he doesn't become the Joker, the arch enemy of Batman, because he didn't kill his parents. That's true. So, yeah, so then, right, so how would Batman, so how would Batman make the connection? He would never make the connection that the Joker, well, it's all in his head anyway, is what you're saying, right? Right, so... The, the Joker that is Batwan, Batwan, Batman's future enemy is just that anonymous hood and a clown mask that shot them in the alley. He wasn't the lead of this fi- movie we're talking about. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. All right. And that, that's what I thought. Seeing I'm like, wait a minute. That's, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is sitting on that taxi cab, isn't he? And someone else just shot this dude. And, oh, yeah. that's wild. Because, and again, I'm, I'm not. I was never a DC Comics reader, so I'm, I'm not, I can't speak to canon and all this, but I've read that Arthur Fleck, the character in this movie, is not the original name of Joker in any version of any comic book. Yeah, and in, you know what? In the, the Batman movie with... Um, with uh, which Batman movie was it? Was it the original Batman with... Uh, it was Jack Nicholson, yep. right? Jack Nicholson... His Joker's name was Jack Napier. So Jack, I don't know, again, I don't know DC well either, but I don't know if that was his name in the comic books, but Jack Napier in that movie became the Joker. So he shot, yes, he shot his parents directly in that movie. Again, I don't, maybe we should have researched DC canon a little bit. No, well, again, we're we're talking about the movie. I know, yeah. And I believe it was made, you know, all these, I think all the comic movies throw in chestnuts, people that, read deep and you know wanted to meet something and also make it accessible to everyone yeah that's but no true. i and i actually thought that was like a genius move like here's my yeah. permission to do whatever i want with this and then oh by the way in the background yeah there's the batman origin story that you might have heard <laughs> mm. what do you think about when people say like you know I've, I've had some people say well you know this character is really dumb the joker is kind of dumb he's supposed to be a foil for batman so if batman's not in the movie or involved He's kind of just a madman, and he's kind of just, eh, you know, vanilla kind of crazy guy, you know, crazy. Yeah, villain. again, you can watch it like that, and that's kind of the disappointing way. And that, as I'm thinking, oh wait, maybe how, you know, how much of what you saw and got into was all in someone's head, was all an elaborate hallucination. Hmm. Um, yeah, and again, is that why? And again, I don't know if in the comic book is is it just Joker? Is there a the before him anywhere? Like, did that make a difference here? I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know. Again, that was, I think, a more supposed to be an artistic choice, I guess, you know. Oh. With or maybe Joker. it was, you know, yeah. Or was it not? Because it's not, he's not the Joker you think you know. It's just, it's just some fucking Joker. <laughs> right, yeah. So in that derogatory <laughs> sense, oh, he's a Joker, you know. Yeah. yeah, okay. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I just. No, that's really interesting. Like, you're saying, 
wow, yeah, even that club visit because it was almost like it was almost like fantasy within fantasy. Yeah, You're, like when he goes to do stand up, like he imagines himself not bombing first, right? Because even we don't the audience we don't see him bomb, but like yeah, we're like we know this is this is not going well. <laughs> like we we like know it. <laughs> Cause everything slows down and all of a sudden people are starting to laugh at him and the, the imaginary girlfriend sitting in the audience kind of going, Oh, okay, you're doing it. You know? And, but then the video gets sent to like De Niro's talk show and yeah. all of a sudden, he, yeah, you know, that makes total sense, man. I think I'm going for your theory now. And the more <laughs> you talk about it. And it's, oh, wow. So the uh, earlier this week on uh, a radio station in Boston, they were talking to, um, the guy who was in the movie as kind of the comic before he get well, yeah. The, uh, Arthur is in the audience just yeah. cracking up at weird times to some of the, so this is the guy on stage and yeah. he was just told, go up, get up on stage and just do your shtick. Do just yeah. do some stuff. And he's like, and I'm just doing it. I don't really, I'm not even sure what the movie is. And they're not telling <laughs> me what the scene anything. And, but there's one guy that I can barely see dimly lit. He's just laughing hysterically at wrong time. Like who the fuck is I'm like, I get this, get, get this guy out of here. He's wrecking in my show. He didn't, he didn't really? know what that 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 was. Joaquin he didn't know that he was playing the Joker. He just so are you serious? Pretty, yeah, weird. so it's this really weird meta experience. Um, wow, that's crazy too. And also, that's... you know, Joaquin is a method guy. He does he stays in character the whole time. So he yeah. said even after that scene, coming and talking to him face to face, like he was really de- kind of deflective and wouldn't even look him in the eye and seem really shy. Yeah. And at first, the the so uh, that day that this actor thought he was kind of a jerk and being weird. But I was like, oh, I think it was just so in character. He was, he was like this struggling comic. He was like bowing towards me and didn't, you know, I was like an idol because I had made people laugh. I, I, I'm a professional. Yeah. Uh, so he seemed to the genuflect uh, to this, you know, his comedy God or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. That, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, so that, that's amazing that they did that. I think the guy, the, that comedian's name is Gary Goldman or Goldman. Yes. Yeah. Gary Goldman, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen his stuff in years, but yeah, he's pretty good. But yeah, I was surprised to see him in the movie. I was like, of, of all the people, you know, he's not very well known, but you know, he's been working for years. So they, I guess they didn't want to get a huge, like, upstage Joaquin Phoenix in that moment, you know. But yeah, yeah, someone good. to take you out of this weird, timeless, garbage yeah. city kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah huh. Is there any other points you wanted to make? I mean, is, after, you know, kind of me bringing this up or. Either, no, uh, like I just again the, the the incel twist. I wasn't sure if somehow the character was somehow an incel in the movie, but no. So you're just saying it's more of a of a triggering no. fear. Yeah. yeah, it's just a triggering of like the you know in the '80s we had the satanic panic. You know, like I think <laughs> every generation, every decade has its fears and has its boogeyman. Yeah. And you know, I feel like you know maybe now having talked it through with you. You know, maybe this it's it's more our it's more the media and our cult our like real world culture's fault of like attributing that and, and worrying about that. You know, just like, you know, the war on drugs and again, like I said, the satanic panic and things like that. So it's ah, so what does that say about our society that we're instantly jumping to that bad place because of a movie, you know, and just you know, and t- attaching a movie to the boogeyman du jour, you know. So that's 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 it's almost more disturbing than the movie in a way. Because, <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. you know, again, like really we need to, you know, for men to be isolated and like that's really the big cause of like, you know, so all of these men who declare themselves incels, they're not all 
I'm, I'm sure the majority of them are not, you know, diagnosable mentally ill, hmm. you know? So I think that mentally ill, I'm trying to shift it from the conversation from mental illness to emotional illness and social illness. You know, a lot of what we consider like, you know, depression can spring not just from chemical imbalances in the brain and whatever people think. And, you know, it can be emotional and social, but it has many factors. It's a many pronged sort of, octopus of negativity that you know so they can all exist together but they're not none of them are mutually exclusive yeah so and yeah in your article you had said you didn't believe the character was mentally ill he he had bad beliefs and again based on the hospitalizations being medicated that's why well no i I never took that this character is not didn't wasn't dealing with some sort of mental illness but in my research today i found some stuff that was very interesting and goes back to your point but perhaps being made in a different way um, being a psych, so he's a psychopath, right? You, would you buy that? That's not a mental illness. It's not. No. Is it, what is it? A set of behaviors? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I found this article from 2013 of mental health professionals diagnosing Batman's villains. Okay. <laughs> and All just right. saying, saying how horrible, uh, you know, Batman is horrible at helping these ill people if that's what they are. Because, right. Know. He's just Eating up all these ill people, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, the Joker is called psychotic all the time throughout his career. But from reading this article, uh, oh, someone who is psychotic is experiencing symptoms of psychosis, a mental disorder which includes auditory hallucinations, such as hearing voices, visual hallucinations, where they see objects that are not truly there, who have delusional thoughts. So, all that sounds like psychotic to me. But in the vast majority of depictions of Joker, he's not experiencing those symptoms. Rather, he has shown symptoms of psychopathy, psychopathy, which is a personality construct, not a diagnosis. Psychopathy right, uh, right. reflects thought... interpersonal characteristics and behavior often rooted in lack of empathy. So right. reading both of these, like, I, boy, I see both of those in this movie character. But he was you saying see... in the comic books, it was all just um, the lack of empathy and interpersonal characteristics. Okay, because so, I always thought of like the hallucination things like that's schizophrenia. Like, you know, I was thinking like some people are maybe diagnosing him with schizophrenia of some sort because he's having these hallucinations of, you know, not bombing at, you know, the comedy club and, and the girlfriend especially. Yeah. yeah. So, so being a mass murderer, just killing people that, that you can, so a psychotic has no empathy, but it's not a mental illness. Which is, it, I find horribly confusing, but yeah. It, so it isn't it in? It's not in the DSM though, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Like it's not okay. So again, so, so I guess the same thing with a sociopath, right? Sociopath is sort of right. Yeah, so from like a psychopath, right? <laughs> yeah, but again, yeah, it's more as you were saying. It's more weird ideas. It's lack of empathy, and maybe because yeah, there's not an empathy pill. And right. I, I bet if they, I bet if they could vote in a way to treat it, they would diagnosis as an illness now but that's another story well i mean research in positive psychology is showing that you know you can teach empathy you know it's the same thing with like you know years ago we thought that people were just born with charisma but then the book came out and the research came out that you can actually teach people you know to be a little more extroverted your extroversion and introversion are on a spectrum and you can learn to be more charismatic so a lot of things that in past in the past we just kind of gave up like oh you're just born that way or not you're either born this you know this way or that so yeah we're learning that you can learn empathy can learn gratitude you can build resilience emotionally so it's you know you can learn optimism and you can learn helplessness too so yeah. it's oh, yeah. what the behaviors we just described to like oh you just have a bad brain back in the day now we're saying no you, it's, 
These are more emotional and like learned behavior. Yeah. So strict by the book diagnostic mental illness is all triggered by chemistry only. Whereas more personality traits that are kind of always in you. Is that the difference? I don't think it's, it's not that quite clear cut though. Mm. I mean, it's there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interplay, I think, but I think, yeah, I think there's a, I think that tends to skew more towards, you know, diagnosable, like you have things going on biologically, physically in your brain that may lead to a mental health issue. But, and and so that's the same article talks about, you know, it's easy in pop culture. Oh, they're insane. That guy's crazy. He's insane. So insanity is not a psychiatric or mental health term. It is a legal concept only. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that that is yeah, that's a good point. Right. And that's so you can be in, from, you can be insane and not be mentally ill, which again which, doesn't yes. it doesn't make sense to my brain structured on these labels. <laughs> but, so when you're when you're found guilty by reason of insanity, that could that doesn't necessarily have to be you don't have to be diagnosed by yeah. a professional like a traditional therapist or a psychiatrist. Yeah. You right? It just means you did you don't know the difference between good and bad. You were so insane you didn't know your actions were illegal or bad or would harm someone. So I think. insanity could be an emotional insanity. Yeah. That's like that's, that's the root of right. Temporary insanity is that exact in the heat of the moment, emotions overturned, you know, overwhelmed, completely right. reactionary, and so sane mentally well people uh, have temporary insanity and do things yeah see i guess i guess i always disagree with that term you know it's is it's insanity yeah i mean it's just again moving it you know emotions are embodied and you know we don't really really realize that in our culture either like where the emotion kind of takes over the whole body it's like felt throughout system so it's like yeah maybe we need to kind of move that terminology maybe we need to start questioning that terminology moving it from just the brain to you know social insanity you know but i mean temporary insanity but when you say insanity people think brain problems i mean that's the issue that's the connotation i think yeah. right yeah we blurred all these again especially if they throw it in pop culture they're not they're not defined all right. these just terms are thrown out at us and in the so news it's all or yeah. together right yeah yeah exactly and we don't delineate between yes like yeah emotional drivers and social drivers and isolation and empathy because you say someone has a lack of empathy they they people just say oh because he's got something wrong with his cabeza like he's right he's crazy in the brain yeah so he doesn't have any empathy and and he'll never learn that because he's crazy so yeah and people just so all these yeah so maybe that's our culture just needs to start you know getting more emotional intelligence we need to increase our collective eq you know eq as far as what it really means to be either mentally ill or like socially deprived and lack of empathy just from being mistreated and ignored and neglected. Or maybe it's the other stream. Do away with all labels. You're just, hello, hello, individual man. Yes. You seem to be struggling. How can we help? You know, without, without the label. I don't know. Good point. Yeah. I just saw a video today where there was a guy who was, uh, gave a TED talk and he was saying, I just posted on my Twitter, but he gave a TED talk. He's a British guy. God, I'm throwing a blank right now. It's getting late. But uh, he said, you know, in some Asian country, you know, Western doctors, Western mental health professionals went to the East and they went to an Asian country and 
they said, oh, well, you know, you're giving this one farmer, he lost his fields and, you know, he's really sad, he's depressed. They're like, well, did you give him antidepressants? And they're like, you know what, let's try something. So they, they gave him a cow and told him that he could be a cow farmer now. And they're like, okay, well, that cow was an antidepressant, right? That's what you guys meant, right? And they're yeah. like, um, no, but that was the lesson was yeah. anything can be an antidepressant. You know, it doesn't have to be a pill. That, that, yeah. that's beautiful right yeah it could like screw screw today i'm getting a bowl of ice cream and right. they, they better, hey that's my antidepressant yeah. you just took an antidepressant with uh, you know bananas and whipped cream <laughs> like you know so it's that's a yeah i love that i love that reframe because yeah um you know that that's you know in in my life when i you know, i was diagnosed and labeled anytime so as uh, it Teens, throughout my teens, I had multiple suicide attempts and every hospital I ended up in, I got a different diagnosis. I got a different label, which made me just not believe any of it. Um, and where was I going with that? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I've learned that it, it is all circumstantial for me. It's yeah. circumstantial. And if I, again, I find my cow, I, I, I find a new circumstance that that depression, that bad mood, that whatever that I thought was a disorder breaks naturally. Yeah, and you know sometimes depression is, you know, the perfect reaction to a period of grief, yes. loss. Right? It's not always something to diagnose and try to prescribe away. Right. It's 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 your body and your being telling you something that you need. Something needs to change. So yeah, it, we shouldn't be trying to totally ignore it and shove it away right away. You know, our culture is so fixated on, oh, you got to get, you got to, come on, buck up. You got to get better right away. Like, come on, just shake it off, you know, and you don't want to have anything wrong with you. There's this whole stigma of, you know, even if it's a whiff of like some sort of emotional or mental problem, you know, you know, but yeah, depression is okay. Like, you know, it's chronic. It's when anything's chronic, that's the issue, you know, so, and, and yeah, I mean, maybe listen to it for once instead of just trying to, you know, medicate it away, listen to it and what's it telling you to do. It's like a Geiger counter for radiation. You know, it's leading you on breadcrumbs down a path of self-discovery potentially. So, so, so to, to, yeah, hopefully indeed. To, to get back to the movie and the Joker and what it says about men today, not in Gotham City. Um, again, I'm kind of left with that the, <clears throat> the danger for men, the, what, what's possibly the, the, and I, I'm not, I'm not even feeling less and less that there's some sort of mental health stigma in this film at all. But the, the danger in our society is that the isolated, the shutdown man who doesn't know how to feel, doesn't know how to express, and can easily be swayed into self-harm, outward harm, you know, following the mob into something. That, that, that's yeah. the closest I can uh, kind of combine the film world and the, the universe I live in. Yeah. Is, is there another level of stigma or anything that, that you, through all this that you still feel that the, the movie's doing some harm or risk to anything? Or No. Um, no, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe they're not trying to drive a stigma per se, but again, maybe I'm thinking it's more like our culture needs to be a little, a little less ready to kind of have a knee-jerk reaction out of fear, you know, and I get that, you know, mass shootings happen. It's a real thing and people have lost their lives, but it's just, you know, who are we serving? Are we really making people safer or are we driving more division if we're stigmatizing men, you know, and if we're stigmatizing 
And listen, like, you know, through the odyssey of, you know, being, you know, attacked by MGTOW trolls and, you know, I didn't change my idea about like that there's much more variety and gradients to like the MGTOW and the men's rights movement because, you know, trolls were attacking me. They didn't change my mind. I changed my own mind, you know, but it was just like, yeah, my ideas about, you know, MGTOW and men's rights people evolved. There's many shades of people. There's the real extremists, like the, the real nutty know and again not to stigmatize mental illness you know but well again the be, real... be, being nutty and crazy is not mental illness that's okay. what I, that's something i've good learned point. tonight good point right? okay you let me off the hook yeah. uh, but no but the real extreme deep into the weeds down the rabbit hole people who are so bought into a negative mindset they're they're that's not the totality of people who are crying out for men's rights i mean there's people there that are on the extreme that just want to be left alone and i think they want to be left alone by society, a society that's still kind of like looking for what's wrong with you, you know? So it's, hmm. no, I don't know. I, now I think I'm kind of letting Joker off the hook and letting Todd Phillips off the hook a little bit, you know? And, but I'm still wondering if, I don't know, I'm still wondering if they're pushing like a more of a social message than a mental health message. Yeah. I don't know. Still need to ponder a little bit. But yeah, I guess it was a good movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess I like it more and more that I think about it. But except maybe the brutality could have been. Yeah, and again, know. enjoying it doesn't mean you liked every scene. And again, I think I again that that it's the it's the Joker killing his friends that come and visit him. That mm-hmm. for that first that first like death by his own hands. Just oh, imagine. You know, is it just 10 seconds longer than it needs to be? Like, it's just, oh, until you're but just uncomfortable. he only uncomfortable. killed the one. He let the right. one go. He let right, one which go. shows. So there's still, there's still some groundedness. There's still some humanity there. Like, right. that's, that's not, because, it's not just crazed yeah. killer. Right? He only killed the one who betrayed him, who, yeah. who got him in trouble, basically. Yeah. And he let the other guy go. So, okay, so he still had some empathy up to that point. Or he didn't have empathy because it was all in his head. And he's just, right, yeah. Like, yeah. It's all fake, right? It's all uh, just in his head. Wow. Well, right. well, as Dumbledore said to Harry Potter, just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> Touche again. <laughs> oh, man. Great points all. All right. Okay. Well, I don't know. I still think that uh, – but my belief still stands is that, yes, I think we have to start focusing more on, hey, what's the social programming and how is society family people and how do we – as expressions of society, you know, we always talk about society as this big monolithic thing that, you know, it's, you know, it's us, you know, society manifests through all of us and through our actions, you know, our inaction, you know, and so, yeah, it's look more towards social issues and social illness rather than mental illness for the reason why men are getting pissed off and, or who are, and they're, that they're lashing out, you know, so it's cool. I don't know. But okay. So I'm letting Joker off the hook. (laughs) And, and, and again, through this, um, I now agree with one of your main points, which is that he didn't. There wasn't a mental illness there. That's right. Like crazy. Yeah, it's different. It. Yeah, which I didn't realize. So, and yeah. and I'll b- below the video in the comments. I'll share the articles that I found and was referencing during this. Um, so you can read deeper into that. And yeah, the I didn't read the analysis of the other villains of Batman, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to go back. It and might check be worth that checking out. that out. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. All right. So, uh, thanks, Anthony, and. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. If you made it this far and you didn't watch the movie, you're like, or you did, like, let us know what you thought. And have Absolutely. we changed your mind of how you're interpreting the Joker? Or, uh, you know, have, have we convinced you to watch it again? Like, it seems like we're both going to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it again, for cool. sure.
Awesome. Well, uh, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening whenever you're catching this. Um, to catch up with, with the more traditional episodes of Real Men Feel, visit realmenfeel.org, realmenfeel.org slash subscribe. We'll show you all the various platforms are on. Uh, you can watch us here on Facebook, on YouTube. You can listen on every podcast platform in the world, uh, including any fictional ones in Gotham City. You know, what the hell? Yeah. And uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Post some pictures of you as the Joker. <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be a lot of them. Yeah. All right. Be well, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Andy. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering real men feel.